0: Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Live life with an outback mind. Thanks so much for joining in, guys. Episode 190, a very special guest today. Fans of an awesome band by the name of Eskimo Joe with some unbelievable songs, uh from you know half a decade, a decade ago, and beyond. Uh, a band from WA which, um, you know, certainly changed the music scene here in Australia, but also had some uh, incredible hits um, all around the world and recognised all around the world. Now, very blessed today to have their their lead singer Cav Templey on with me. Now Cav uh, was born uh, Finlay Beaton. Uh, His mother um, took him to India as a as a young man, and his name changed uh, before that journey started or began to Satyam uh, Kavyan. So Kav comes from Kavyan, and uh, he's been blessed with a I suppose a a spiritual journey. um, You know, uncommon to to most of us here in Australia from an early age. So he was in uh, ashrams in India in his teens. um, You know, certainly uh, has got a. Uh, a connection with the spiritual way of, of living and uh, and life but um, it's been able to sort of you know bring that into into mainstream music and and, and, and sort of uh, introduce uh, people to some amazing music and amazing songs and you know we're going to talk about some of those songs today the meanings behind some of those songs and uh, his journey as, a, as an individual uh, sort of you know through the mainstream music scene and um, holding true to his values and beliefs and so forth so I'm really sure you're going to enjoy this chat. Uh, I'm really, really blessed and honoured to have Cab on. I've, I've loved their music for a long time. And, uh, yeah, just uh, looking forward to this chat. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope, uh, hope you can give me some feedback too. Uh, best to email me support at atbackmind.com.au. Really hope you can uh, support the Outback Mind Foundation. Uh, we're now a, a full health promotion charity. Uh, we're doing what we can to be able to help men's mental health throughout regional Australia. And we really need some help. We, we rely on donations, so... If you're able to to, to maybe chip in a little bit, I'd be really grateful. Um, If you go to the website, you'll see uh, Support Us and you'll see some options there to donate. If you've got a business and you'd like to partner with us, um, we do work in the workplace to be able to help uh, improve uh, employees' well-being uh, in the workplace as well. We run Men's Circles... uh, um, throughout central Queensland but also we're trying to expand that throughout the country so if we can do something to help your community be really grateful to do what we can to give you a hand. If you're looking to, uh, to make some changes in your own life we also do some work with The Real Shift here. They have a nine week deep dive program where they take people on a journey of change. Uh, if you want to check out their website uh, and uh, maybe uh, invest in uh, some changes in your own well-being it's therealshift.com you go to the realshift.com forward slash deep dive you'll see a bit about their program and uh, also a little bit about um, uh, what they can do over a nine-week period to, uh, to help you transition and change habits in your life you want to change or maybe reach some goals you want to achieve. So check them out. All right. Thanks very much for listening in. Really appreciate your feedback. G'day, Cav.
1: Hi Aaron, how are you going? oh very
0: well, mate. Well, uh, really grateful to uh, to have you here with me, uh, having a chat. I've loved your music for a long time, and um, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, you know, really, really blessed to to have you on and sort of hear a bit uh, about your journey and uh, and how everything sort of evolved for you, mate. And uh, you know, we've had a conversation about yeah, your upbringing, and uh, I'm really intrigued and interested in in, in that and. How yeah, that sort of all come about, you know, as a young fellow, and your time in India and so forth.
1: Yeah, it's it's a funny it's a funny journey that I've been on. I don't think it's it's a normal one <laughs> in uh, in your general kind of Australian population, uh, but it's certainly been an important part of who I am, and mm. it's it's formed who I am musically as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, no doubt, mate. I. I can certainly you know now now I, I know that and, and listening to your songs like I can definitely f- uh, I can feel the energy coming through and uh, you know some of the connection that you have with um, you know, high levels of awareness and consciousness and and some of the unique lyrics that you have in some of your songs as well is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, well, I guess you got to kind of you tread a fine line between that and just creating something that just you press play and it's a it's a well-crafted tune, you know.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah there's probably a small a small market in Australia for chanting mantras and um, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to sell too many records doing that unfortunately so. yeah so mate um, so as, as a young fella your mum sort of took you under her wing pretty well and she was on a, a spiritual path um, you know well before you come along
1: yeah I mean look where I'm from Fremantle it, we've The whole entire town has always had a bit of a finger in the the spiritual pie Mm -hmm. um and uh there was a particular chap in frio uh he was a psychologist called indivar and um he was kind of one of the first guys who set off to Pune and you know met bhagwan as he was called at the time and and brought a lot of his you know meditations and and uh and and mm-hmm. versions of kind of group therapy back to, to Fremantle, and it really struck a chord with everyone here because it was just again people were were tuned into it. It's a, it's a Fremantle's always been an artist town. I mean, in the late '70s, all the you know the artists move in, into the warehouse space around Fremantle um, and started setting up these kind of art studios. And wherever you have the artists, you're always going to have spiritual thinkers. Mm. Um, so. Uh, you know, fast forward into the '80s uh, in Fremantle, and you've got a whole bunch of people wearing orange around. Um, and my mum kind of fell in with that whole crew, and it was a really good scene for a while in Fremantle over here. It was the biggest um, sannyasin scene outside of Pune, I'm pretty sure at the time. Mm. And um, and I was, you know, seven at the time and was really into it. At, you know, when I was that age, but. Just as a, as a bystander, really. But it wasn't really until uh, my teenage years when I went over to a school in England called Koswan. And uh, that, for me, was really my major spiritual awakening, I would say.
0: How did that look for you? Uh,
1: well, the way it looked was, you know, Fremantle, as, being a small town, it was pretty bogan. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, just kind of turning into a bit of a little bogan metalhead uh in Frio and my mum just was like I need to get this kid out of here this is not going well Mm. I mean admittedly I was turning 14 which is if you have teenagers they're all monsters at that age anyway and I certainly was definitely a 14 year old monster uh so she took me to India and uh and it just kind of reawakened that whole you know part of myself that this is an important practice you know meditation and uh, Mm. spiritual thinking Mm. and so i was kind of there around everyone in Pune, and then i met all these kids from this school um and as a a teenager or as a kid to try and to try and say to them uh, are you having a spiritual awakening? They're not. They're fucking teenagers or kids. You know, <laughs> yeah. They live in the now all the time. Yes. It's only adults who look back and uh, suddenly have to go. Okay, I need. I need a spiritual awakening. Mm. Um, but uh, as a teenager, the way it looks for me is that I met all these kids, and they were the most switched on. You know, present, uh, intelligent. Um, kids i ever met, and somehow we managed to get the money to go for me to go to this school in England. Mm. Um, and so, what was a two-month holiday to India turned out to a year and a half living and going to school at a boarding school in England. Mm. And um, and a lot of the stuff that we did at the school, obviously, we did your know, normal lessons and all the rest of it. But then there was stuff like psych- psychodrama, where you would, you know, go in and you know one of your classmates would be holding you, telling you that. Um, you know, I love you and I support you while, you know, while you're sitting there as a 14 year old going, I'm not going to cry. And then the (laughs) next thing, moment, you know, you're like bawling like a baby. So for me, if you ask like, what did it look like? It was was more that I was suddenly in this place where I was allowed to reconnect with this kind of spiritual and emotional intelligence. I didn't have to shut it off because I wasn't in this very blinkered little town. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I finally came back to Perth you know and I I had gone on this journey and I was this completely changed uh, um, person I also overdosed on acid at somewhere in that experience as well that could have changed things a little bit for me Um, but uh, yeah I came back to Fremantle and everyone was exactly the same Mm. and uh, so it was really hard to relate to all of the kids who I was hanging out with before I left but One of the wonderful things that happened is I just kind of started to look for the people who I thought, you know, who I connected with in that emotionally intelligent way. And they're all people I'm still friends with now. And it also started my my musical journey as well.
0: Incredible, mate. Um, One thing that came to me there while you were talking about that, uh, you know, completely going into your vulnerability as a young fella, but... That was totally the opposite of a young guy that was probably wearing a denim jacket with a back patch uh, around Fremantle a few years earlier, you know. Mm, so totally. It would have been completely confronting, but but really is, isn't that the things we need to do as humans to learn to, uh, to get back to our heart space again and, and, and develop and grow?
1: I think it is, um, and it's and it's, a, it's a changing landscape of how we um, approach that um, because, you know, like if you look at the whole sannyasin movement, Uh, as an example that was really relevant in the 80s you know like it it was it was actually a pretty conservative time and it was important to have someone who was a rebel to come along and really kind of you know kick out the doors and the windows um Mm -hmm. and allow people to kind of the space to have these spiritual journeys Mm -hmm. now i think we're in a really different place where uh a lot of the stuff that he was talking about there is just common speak in in how we relate to each other. So movements like the Sannyasins are less important as a thing anymore because people are all you know able to tap into this information in a much easier way, which I think is really great.
0: Yes, absolutely. And and, and your the name you were given, Satyam, meaning truth, I guess as well.
1: Yes, yeah, Satyam yeah. Kavyan, yep. which meant the poet of truth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. So it, uh, you know, it, like I think, you know, if I was a, if I was a slightly more earnest musician, that I could have come out as a hip hop artist and call myself, you know, the truth poet. <laughs> but uh, no, true, that would have yeah. been pretty daggy. Uh, <laughs> but I, but yes, uh, I guess it was a prophetic um, uh, name because that is what I do. You know, like I, I write stories about. You know what I see and what's going on in front of me, and I turn them into songs and that's that's my thing
0: Yeah, that's what I'm picking up on now mate after you know knowing this as I mentioned and and listening to your music more uh, Having that 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 knowledge now and where where it's coming from is so profound and that's why I think your music is 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 you know really beneficial and obviously I think the best yet to come for you, but um you know, mate, um, Just, just on that. So, getting back to Fremantle and, and sort of being around the soup again. How did you stick to your knitting?
1: Sorry, you can you say that last one again?
0: So, how did you stick to your knitting and stay to your truth rather than sort of fall back into the old uh, old ways?
1: Look, I think I just, I just kind of found myself somewhere between the two, to tell you the truth. Um, again, you know, as a teenager or, you know, still a kid, really, uh, it's it's easy for us to look back on this as adults and and be like, you know, you need to stay with your truth. It's like, as a kid, you're just, you're so fluid, you know. You're kind of, you're just going, you're experimenting, you're seeing what works for you, what doesn't work for you. So I just kind of went back into that place, and um, and I was still dangerous. Like, I was a really naughty kid before I went away, but I, and I was still kind of dangerous enough, But but I had this new kind of moral compass, which was like, does this feel all right for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so when I were, whenever I was in these scenarios where it was late at night and there was people drunk and, you know, crazy stuff was happening, I would just kind of get to a point where I'd be like, oh, now's a good time to leave. Yes, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I would just go home. Um, and, you know, uh, and I think that's the difference. You know, that decision-making uh, as a teenager, um, if you don't have that, that moral compass or that spiritual compass, um, then things can get really dangerous yes. um, and thankfully for me I'd had that experience um, that I was able to kind of come back and you know just know when things didn't feel right for me and just get out of there.
0: Mate um, you know like basically having that self-awareness was was, was a real gift for you uh, but I think it was probably enhancing and, and, and heightened through what you actually learn in India and probably some of the meditation practices and so forth that you, uh, you have to go through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of meditation um, through when I was in India and also at the school. Um, I, I pretty much stopped as soon as I got back to Fremantle because I just was, you know, as a teenager, I just wasn't interested. Um, but I got into my music um, in a much bigger way and and that became my meditation, you know. Like a, when I would go and I would be writing a song I'd be performing a song and going into this, like what it did allow me to do, my experience at Coastline was allowed me to go into much... A much kind of deeper, more vulnerable place with the songwriting. So, um, you know, as far as as um, you know, m- continuing meditation or any of those things, that stopped completely. But I did just inject that into what I do musically, mm-hmm. and I still I know it's a very different thing because you know you're meant to get rid of the ego and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And rock and roll is completely about the ego. But I do find that you know. You, you know, if you want to find an artist who is really toxic and horrible to be around, then that's probably someone who's not really very realised and not really getting to tell their story. Yes. As soon as you get someone who's telling their story and actually gets to be realised as an artist, they're just the most lovely people to be around. Mm. Um, so I felt that I kind of got to uh, just take all of that, that, that information into my process of songwriting and,
0: uh, and all the rest of it. Yeah, amazing, mate. Geez, um, you, you know, I, I'm really interested to sort of see how you found the guys in Eskimo Joe and how that sort of come about as well.
1: Well, funnily enough, my my mum and Stu's mum were, were best mates when we were really, really young and, and they moved next door to each other. And they were both involved in the kind of the Sanyasin scene stuff in Fremantle. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and Stu became best friends um, and, uh, and then, you know, we, we were just kind of mucking about being friends for years. And then uh, myself and Joel ended up in a band together. And after I kind of played him some of the songs I'd been writing, which were the future Eskimo Joe songs, he was like, well, let's leave this band and just start a band where those are the songs. Um, and and then I brought Stew in. And, and as soon as we had the three of us in a room together, um, it was just really obvious that it was the right chemistry of people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's seen us through our entire career. I mean, we've been... Together as a band for over 20 years now and and really I think the success of that is just that you know We are a good chemistry of people we get along well. We have a lot of laughs. It's it's not it's not hard
0: Mm. How old were you when you when you formed?
1: Uh, Well, I guess my me and Joel our first band was when I was about 16 and then uh, Eskimo Joe kind of came about when I was about 18 19 Mm, amazing
0: And tell me, like, how long did it take you to be recognised and and start to get some some really powerful music out there?
1: Well, we had this thing which we'd, my, we my with mine and Joel's previous band was this really bad funk metal band called uh, Freud's Pillow, and um, and so yeah. we and we'd entered the campus band competition, which was like a big deal in Perth in the mid '90s because it meant that you got plane ticket out of perth and you got to play a gig somewhere because plane tickets were so expensive in the 90s Mm. Um, so uh we did it we came second with our first band so um i had this one kind of novelty song called sweater and then and joel was like look if we write three more of them we'll win the campus band competition Uh, and so we did and lo and behold we won it and so by our fourth gig we we played um we were playing this festival called livid in brisbane as part of the prize package and and we we're recording uh the songs that we'd written for this canvas band competition and then we were just really lucky because uh a dj called jane gazzo who was the kind of nighttime dj at triple j picked up sweater and started playing it and then before we knew it we were on the road touring and if i look at my watch that was about 25 years ago so Jeez, <laughs>
0: <incredible>, <laughs> we haven't mate. stopped a long time and yeah you know mate um like just on that, like once you guys started going, um, what was the the song that really sort of you know um, you know sort of got got things moving for you? Well,
1: it's a, it's a good question because we started with um, a bunch of kind of almost novelty style songs, and once again, you know, I just exited out of this band where I was playing music that really wasn't close to my heart, and then I'd written all these much more kind of emotional. It kind of sounded like a folky version of the Pixies. Um, and then we were like, "Oh, cool! Let's write some novelty songs, and that'll win us some fans." And then suddenly, I was trapped in this scenario again, where I was just like, "Oh crap! I don't think I want to play this kind of music." Mm. So once again, I was starting to write this much more emotional, emotionally driven music um, that was felt real to me. Um, and that was about the time we were making our first album. And and once it, so we had this crisis meeting around the table, and Joel was like, "I reckon these songs need to be the songs for Eskimo Joe." Um, and so and I was like, okay, um, and Stu finally agreed and so we sat down and start to uh, Work on the songs that were like my kind of cab, you know solo songs I guess um, and that became our first album and for me like we could have just changed our name and become a brand-new band at that point in time but uh, But we didn't we just kept the name and kept the took some of the fans with us and um, And I, I really feel like the band's career started from our first album onwards
0: well how did the name come about,
1: Eskimo Joe? See, I I have sometimes I have hard, you know like like any name you came up with when you were like eighteen years old. You're like, sometimes I have had a hard time with the name, uh, but it was like in you know in Perth, everyone's dressed in op shop clothes. You know that's what you did. You go mm-hmm. in, you go op shopping. You'd get like a pair of grandpa pants and a, mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a, you know an old kind of retro T-shirt. and That's what. Everyone in the indie scene in Perth was wearing. Um, so I got this t shirt and I was wearing around, and it was from Eskimo Joe's Diner in um, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, I was like, that'd be a cool name for a band. And the next thing you know, we're still called Eskimo
0: Joe. Mm, incredible, mate. <laughs> it's funny how it all, uh, all comes about, isn't it? At yeah. The, at the end of the day. Jeez, um, I, like with your music, mate, there, there's probably a dozen songs which are, are well recognised what is the one for you that has the most meaning oh God it
1: changes all the time but um you know the song that I keep coming back to over and over again is a song called from the sea yes um, I love it, and yeah. really that was if you talk about you know the song that kind of progressed us along the most I'd say that would be the song and if you had to look at the DNA of what Eskimo Joe is um, you can kind of find it in that song and we we play that song in our set last every every time we play live and we get the whole audience clapping along and the band drops out and it's just the audience clapping. Mm. And it's just such an amazing moment and that never gets old. Mm. Um, and then when I play solo, I start the, the set with that and I, and I play it more like how it sounded when I first played it to the band, which was just super chilled, acoustic, uh, mellow. But there is just something haunting about the melody uh that i just don't ever get sick of singing so uh, i don't know if that answers your question but yeah
0: absolutely mate it's it's actually sending shivers down my spine but but really mate um you know you're you're tapping into humanology that energy that you're you're producing is going into these people's bodies and they're and they're responding you know i just think that's an absolute gift and, and purely amazing and and that song, I, 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 I hear it. it's coming from your heart. There is something really deep and mm. profound behind that. Yeah.
1: Well, when when I first wrote the song, I was walking. We used to walk down from um, the high school that I went to, and you'd see this kind of cloud layer, you know, sitting on the horizon. And I always thought it looked like a tidal wave. Mm. And I imagine this, like this huge tidal wave would come in, and it would like cover Fremantle in water and it would it, like we live just up on the hill so it hopefully that you meant that the shoreline would just be at my front door um but um, mm. it became this representation of like all of my fears and anxieties was this kind of idea of this tidal wave coming at you from the sea mm. um so uh you know so i for me, that still holds true in the meaning of the song, you know, we all, it's this idea of pressure, building and building and then, you know, release.
0: Yes. It's amazing you say that I was sitting on the beach doing meditation this morning and there was this distant cloud coverage just sitting over the horizon, you know, and uh, yeah, that sort of, uh, that represents uh, quite a bit of tranquility and peace for me, you know, but uh, certainly I can see... In the song, the energy that's coming from the ocean and, uh, and the disruption that's possibly, you know, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that comes come from that as well. Yeah, mm. amazing, mate. Tell me, with um, with regards to black fingernails, red wine, I'm trying to still figure out what it's all about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a, it's you know, like any kind of songwriting process, it's like it's a little bit of a short story of a day in the life of. Um, the the song started off, like, I think when, when you're writing a song, you know, you generally have got, like, a soup pot and you're kind of putting in all the flavours of the things that you love and that you, you know, that, that are inspiring you. And that might be, you know, from... The fashion you want to wear or you know the or the music you're listening to or whatever you know it's just all of the zeitgeist into this big soup pot Mm. and um and at the time I was you know listening to Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics I was really obsessed with that song and (laughs) and I and I really loved uh Michael Hutchins vocals on Need You Tonight I I didn't grow up as a huge Um, uh, in excess fan Joel is a huge fan but I I mean I really appreciated them but so I was kind of really discovering that for the first time and and how he sung and I, I always and I wanted to write a song that kind of had my voice sitting in that place um, we'd also just come back from the ARIA Awards, uh, and we lost pretty much every ARIA Award to Jet because um, mm, <laughs> they yeah. had "Are You Going to Be That Girl?" and they'd and we won a couple, but like you know, just for for shit things like you know, best DVD or whatever. Uh, but we wanted to win all the prizes, um, so we came back and I and we. With the album of Songs of the City, I'd, I'd been pretty comfortable being like, the, you know, the guy next door in Freo. But I was like, I watched Jet get on stage and they look like rock stars. And I was like, you know what, I want to be a fucking rock star. <laughs> so I came back and I was like dressing. I got myself a leather jacket, dyed my hair black and, you know, did all the things that made me look like a rock star. Um, and then I was playing a gig uh, one night at the Rosemount Hotel, kind of playing in some of the new songs that I've been writing for the record in my new rock star guise. I mean, i really needed to do a wee so i went to the toilet and uh you know i put my my red wine down on the top of the toilet and i was you had to obviously look where i was weighing so uh, i started to make up a little song and i was like you know black fingernails red wine <laughs> um anyway uh the next day that's that that line was going around my head and i kind of put that together with all the other influences that were floating in there with the rhythmics and the in excess um and yeah, by the end of that day, I'd I'd kind of had the bare bones of the song, um, and I, but I didn't have the chorus. Uh, mm. So I was sitting down in front of the TV that night, watching you know the news, and the news was pretty similar to what's going on now in the world, which was Christians and Muslims, uh, you know, disagreeing on the idea of God. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm not religious, uh, obviously. I'm, you know, a spiritualist, but not religious.
0: Yes.
1: And um, and I just thought it was fascinating that they all kind of seemed to agree on this idea of what evil is, uh, what you know, what the devil is, but none of them agreed on what what God is. Mm. Uh, I thought that was really fascinating. So, I, so this kind of line popped into my head, which is the argument over God, you know continues in this house yes um and really what i was singing about was you know because in the rest of the song i was like i'm talking about all the subcultures that i saw floating around at the Rosemount hotel as i was you know doing my gig and it was just this the whole song was really about how you know we're just kind of existing in these spaces with all these people who dress you know differently and and try and present their their ideas and their you know um and their beliefs differently but we're all exactly the fucking same yes you know uh and the, and the sooner we kind of realize that the easier our lives are going to be
0: 100 percent, mate you know that that's been my um my, my um you know observation over the journey once you get back and trip away your identity everything we're all the same mate that's why you we would have learned in india you know the importance of sadhana and getting up early and being in tune with the flow of life and the flow of nature before everything else sort of starts to, 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 to get involved. You know, you, you realize yep. that everything's trying to work for us rather than against us. And, and these judgments and these uh, comparisons and that are really, are really a waste of time at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I completely agree.
0: You know, amazing, isn't it? And, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, like, like I, I, I listened to that song and, and what you said about that, um, yeah, it was, was quite evident uh, with regards to your explanation then. So I really appreciate you sharing that.
1: No worries. I don't want to kill the mystery of the <laughs> tune. I always feel <laughs> like when you when you explain songs to people, it's like especially when if they come and see you like at a show, you know, they'll be like, oh, I love that song. Can you tell me what it's about? And then you explain exactly what the song's about and you can see that their face kind of drop because for them... It means something completely different and like <laughs> yeah. and who am i to tell them what the song's about it's their story now not
0: mine that's true and it's amazing how i'm still seeing songs from the 80s with the wrong words that uh, <laughs> i thought uh, i thought were right yeah. back then so i get that
1: yeah Mate, yep, so yep. Just, just... Austra- australian crawl is a classic
0: oh uh, well, i'd <laughs> love to interview uh james rain on this so if you can hook us up that'd be bloody good
1: oh man well i reckon it definitely interview him over the phone because he'll probably try and punch you in the face i reckon if you uh start <laughs> the hassle out his singing
0: <laughs> i can imagine yeah no no i would uh, be pretty careful with him that's for sure but uh yep. one, one other question mate sarah where did that yes. come from uh well
1: we myself funnily enough, myself and Katie Steele and Justin, who's her boyfriend at the time, were having a, a slight competition about who could rip off the never ending story first. Yeah. Um and uh I was just kind of walking down on my way into Frio one day and there was an emergency sign and I started to sing you know, Emergency you know, yeah. doing the uh the, the kind of never ending story thing. Um, uh, so just hope, as long as Sergio Morona doesn't sue me at the end of this, uh, then I, I can continue with this story. But but the funny thing is, is it's actually a true story because my friend Sarah, um, she was actually in trouble. She actually had like this kind of growth in her tummy and had to get an operation. Uh, so it was kind of actually about that and about her story a little bit. Um, and, and the fact that she was, you know, this really cute young girl and she was always talking about. As she wanted to get a boyfriend and no boys were interested and but they all knew who she were was and they all wanted to introduce themselves um but they never did so that's why that the um the first line is sarah won't you tell me your name
0: mm, amazing mate <laughs> yeah look i um <clears throat> i tried to uh to try and figure that out and i know a few sarahs are in the traps but um Certainly, uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing how things evolve, isn't it? And, and just how opportunities sort of present for us when we're not thinking about it and how, how that's yeah, there's a spark. That
1: every, everyone who I've ever talked to about songwriting always tells me that the, uh, you know, I'm like, well, where does an idea come from? And they always say uh, when you're doing a menial task, like doing the dishes or, yeah. you know, tidying the room or whatever, but, you know, if you stare directly at that pot, you know, or the paint, you know, it's never going to, present itself, yes. um, which is interesting.
0: Agree, and that that's going with flow, isn't it, rather than trying to force something?
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: yeah. amazing, mate. Just on Katie, uh, you've got a, uh, a new single coming up with her, is that right?
1: Yeah, so it's just come out. It's called Graduation Day. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's uh, myself and Katie, who I've known for many years, and, um, yeah, just absolute pleasure to have her on the song.
0: Amazing. And is she from, she's from WALC as well?
1: Yeah, she she lives in WA as well. She's been away, travelled the world for years, and is living back here now. You know, as we all return home eventually.
0: So, so it's called Graduation Day. So, if people look that up on online, they'd be able to pick it up.
1: Yeah, just yeah. It's uh, there's a video clip uh, on YouTube. There. You can check it out on Spotify. You can be you can be a total champ and buy it on Apple Music. Mm, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's out there. Graduation Day.
0: Amazing. Mates, um, now I'm really, really jealous because I'm from country Victoria and I know you are about to do a tour around there, is that right?
1: That's correct, yes. We're, I'm heading to a, a, a bunch of places I've been before and some that I've never been before. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're going to Bendigo uh, to the Golden Vine, which is going to be great yeah. on the 4th of August. Um, I believe you spent some time in Bendigo so yeah, yeah. shout out to the Bendigo crew well, right. um, and then we're going to a place called Our Friends Farm which is in Tallarook mm-hmm. in Victoria
0: Beautiful. Uh,
1: and, and then to Warrnambool to the Lighthouse Theatre which will be a really special show because um, for the venues that I can do it I've got a projection a projector that I kind of um, project behind me and I've edited together all this kind of um, almost David Lynch kind of dreamscape stuff. So we'll mm-hmm. definitely be doing that at the Lighthouse Theatre in Warrnambool, which would be great
0: Mate, um, just a, a word of advice. Take a beanie and a dries a bone <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh, certainly for Tullarook as well. It'll be freezing uh, down there. I reckon at the moment. That's for sure
1: Well, I think last time I played in Bendigo uh, Doing a solo show I came out and my higher card. It just you know how they've got the little You know tells you what the degrees is it just came I turned it on it just said zero oh, like it shit. couldn't go any further down It was so cold. Yes.
0: Mate, uh, so where else are you going after
1: that? Uh, well, on this, we've, we're, going all, we're going all over the country and we're going to hit the capital cities as well. But uh, for this little run, I've got that and then uh, on the 10th books, so I head up to Newcastle and then uh, Gosford and then Illawarra uh, and then Canberra and then, yes, yeah, more dates to be announced.
0: Can we see if we can get you up to Agnes Water in Queensland? it will be a bit warmer up here, but uh, I reckon it will be pretty well received if, uh, if you've got 100%. One hundred percent.
1: I'm, de- I'm definitely heading up to Queensland. I think more um, September times.
0: Yeah, awesome. I will we'll definitely keep an eye on that mate. Yeah. Now, um, you've got a website as well. Can people jump on that? And, uh, and
1: yeah, that's, I mean, look, that's the best place to go. If you just go to, you know, com, easy to remember. Um, you just, all of the gigs are up there and you can just click on it and it'll take you to the tickets. Uh, and it also, you know, it'll have links, music and all the rest of it. If anyone wants to kind of say good day, then Instagram's always a good way to do it. You can just go to my Instagram, send us a personal message, and I generally respond to those ones. I'm pretty terrible at Facebook, but I am on Facebook. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to say day, head over to Instagram.
0: Yeah, cool. I'll look you up on there. And, um, mate, uh, yeah, certainly um, with regards to Bendigo, if anyone wants to book a ticket for Bendigo, they can jump online and get one there as well.
1: Yeah, head over to my website, the best place to do it. Um, also, if you're on Facebook, you know, the venue itself – um, has got an event up up and going, so you can just kind of like find it there pretty easily. So you can you can access everything through my Facebook as well. But uh, but if you head to my website, that's a super easy way to do it. Cool, but man. I mean, if if anyone's got following the Golden Vine on um, on Facebook, then you can just go there and all the tickets will be available there yeah. as well.
0: Unbelievable, mate! <clears throat> really. Uh... Really grateful for the chat, and uh, yeah, I hope we can uh, we can catch up. And if you're in Queensland, I'll be definitely seeing if I can come to a show, mate. So um, yeah,
1: for sure.
0: Really, uh, really blessed to have you along, and uh, I'm sure lots of people are going to get a lot from <clears throat> from this conversation and, and learn a lot about Cab Temple uh, Templi. So really appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having us, Aaron. Cheers. I really All appreciate right. it. Thanks, mate.